0: Amen. Amen. Hey, grab a seat. And as you do, get a copy of God's Word in front of you to Genesis chapter 21, Genesis 21. And uh, as you flip in your Bible there, I just want to say something I think you and I both know to be true, that if you you, uh, uh, run your hand over the scars of your life, so to speak, um, it's those scars associated with broken promises that often still have a lingering tenderness to them. Uh, Someone that we trusted, said something, vowed something, covenanted something, the promise was broken, and the tenderness of those wounds, the tenderness of those scars, have a way of still... Uh, stinging um, even after some time, and the reality is so that we all know we live in a world that is full of broken promises. the world is broken there 's broken people in it, and because we live in a broken world with broken people, there are broken promises. Uh, you and I no doubt have at times probably been the offender of the of this reality, and uh, all of us sitting in the room here today know what it feels like to be offended by a broken promise uh, We live in a culture in which we uh, can uh, watch leaders on a screen. And, 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 and part of us, right, or maybe all of us is like, I don't know if I can believe a word of what's being said right now. And I don't know where I can go to believe a word. We, we may be in a corporate setting, in a work setting, in which uh, you are almost trained to like, don't believe a word that comes out of anyone's mouth. All of this reality, if we're not careful... Um, as believers, as, as followers of Jesus who believe in this beautiful and perfect and holy God, uh, we can hold to a theological understanding that there really is one who what he says he will do. But if we're not careful because of the broken world with broken people and full of broken promises, we can begin to practically uh, not live out that reality all the time. And so today, as we turn to Genesis chapter 21, what we're going to find is um, um, Abraham and Sarah have been waiting and waiting and waiting For God to come through on what he said he would do a very long time ago. And what we're going to find in this uh, chapter, right when we jump into the very first verse of chapter 21, what we're going to find is a beautiful reminder of who our God is and that in a world that's full of constantly broken vows, covenants, and promises, there is one who will do what he says he will do. And we need this. We need to be reminded of this and the constantly shifting sand of who can I trust and will this really come through, we need to be reminded today that our God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. Um, We have been, as we've studied the book of Genesis, like we've been going at a good clip, a chapter at a time, a chapter plus at a time. I want to throttle it back today. We're going to cover seven verses, just the first seven verses of Genesis chapter 21. And here's what I bet is true. If you are newer to the faith or newer to a study of the Bible, what you're going to find today, I hope just explodes your heart in excitement. And I hope the Holy Spirit really teaches you today of the faithfulness that God is a God who will always do what he says he'll do. If you have some familiarity to the Bible or you've been walking in the faith for a long time, I'll tell you today, there's probably nothing I'll say today that is new content for you. Uh, There's probably nothing you'll walk out with today and go, hi, I never knew that. My hope for us if you've been walking in the faith for a number of years, is that what we studied today will, will, will drill deep down in your heart to walk out with an either, even greater resolve that Man, when my God says something, he's going to come through on it. And that even as you listen to this sermon, that there are specific promises because of specific circumstances you're walking through in your life right now that you can double down on, take it to the bank, and cling to as you leave here today. And so I I just want to get us in the Word here. I want to see this beautiful fulfillment, this massive, massive fulfillment of a promise God makes. It's massive for the story of Genesis. It's massive for all of the story of the Bible. It's massive for all of redemptive history. And so let's get our eyes into God's Word and look at what it says here. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Uh, The Lord visited Sarah, and what's it say next? What's this next little phrase? The Lord visited Sarah, and what? As he had said... And the Lord did to Sarah, you tell me, the Lord did to Sarah what? As he had promised. If you're a writer in the Bible, I think it is important that you would underline as he had said and as he had promised. As as Genesis chapter 21 begins in this compact little verse, what we have are deep truths of the faithfulness that our God will always do what he says he'll do. Our God will always do what he says he'll do when it's time to do it. That is the nail I just want to hammer today over and over and over again for us. That God will always do what he says when it's time to do it. And you have in the very first verse, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Now, this first verse is a reference back to something we've already studied a few chapters before in Genesis chapter 18. Uh, Look at what it says. It'll be on the screen. Genesis chapter 18. Here's what we found just a few chapters before. They, the angels have come. They have visited Abraham. They said to him, they said to Abraham, where's Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I'm worn out, my Lord is old. Shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now, now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. I love that part. No, you did. Here we are, uh, three chapters of our Bible later, roughly a year after this event we saw in Genesis chapter 18, just as the angels had said here, and here we see uh, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. This promise will be fulfilled just as God said that it would. What promises do you need to let sink in this morning? What has God promised in his word that because of specific instances, circumstances, events you walk in here uh, wrestling with today, you need to cling to. You need to to take what God says at face value. I want us to take Genesis chapter 21 verse 1, the Lord does as he says. The Lord will fulfill what he has promised. And I want us to do a bit of a workshop here. How do we take promises of the word of God and apply them into instances of our life? Take a promise like this, Romans 8:28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Do you believe that? All things all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Some of us need to heed and hear that promise today. More than just a cliche band-aid on a gaping wound of your life. But as a deep reality of who our God is and his ability to infiltrate and work beautiful things out of some of the hardest things of life. That only God can work All things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Take Matthew chapter 11. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. From gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For every weary soul in here, there is a promise buried here that is absolutely beautiful. Come to me and you will find rest for your souls. And if you fall into this category, you're probably too weary to even say out loud, amen. But do we believe this promise as Christ gives it to us? Do we believe it in a way that leads to, to us coming to him and bringing all of these things to him? Psalm 34, verse 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Do we believe it? Do you believe that God sees and he hears and and he delivers, that he's able to do that, that he's not left you all alone, that he's not seeing what you're walking through? And then the very next verse says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Do you believe he's near? Are you clinging to that promise brokenhearted one that he is near to you? And he saves the crushed in spirit. How about this, this commission, this mission that Jesus has left us with? That we would go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. It, it can feel overwhelming at times, but there's promises that He makes us in here. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He has all authority in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm. Do we believe this? That He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus, that's a massive calling. And yet if we believe that the one with all authority in heaven on earth is the one commissioning us to that, it gives us the power, the volitional power to act on that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And here's another promise. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at how Paul applies a promise of life. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What's he done here? He has just applied a promise that when I die, when I leave this tent I'm walking in on this earth, I will be in the presence of God. He believed it. He took it to the bank. He was banking all of his life and ministry on that reality. Yeah, I'm of good courage. I'd rather be away from the tent of this body and I'd rather be in the presence of the Lord. He's applying these promises and the the promises of God applied by God's people lead to this radical ability to follow God in whatever he's called us to do because we know we can stand on the foundation of his never failing word. All of this Rolodex of the promises of God. All of the Rolodex of the promises of God you need to build in your life this week stemming from this one verse. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Where do you need to stake your life right now on promises that God has already given you in his word? He'll do what he said. He'll fulfill what he promised. Take it to the bank. Now, um, before we go to verse two, I would—I want to give a, a bit of a—a um, a bit of a warning to us. Bank your life on the promises of God, but don't hold as a promise from God something He never promised. Uh, I'll often sit with people whose faith has been shipwrecked or whose faith is rocky and wavering, who are disgruntled, unsettled, maybe even angry towards God, Because they are holding God to something that God never actually had promised in the first place. We see this when we walk through painful, deeply, deeply, deeply painful seasons of life. And when it's in in which it's easy for people to point the finger at God. And to begin to blame him, if you loved me, you would not let me walk through this. But the thing about it, you and I, come on, loved ones, we know God never promised us a pain-free existence. We see this when uh, there's, there's a good, it, it can even be a good desire of our heart. Something we want, and we want it badly, and the desire for this thing isn't bad in and of itself. In fact, it's good. And yet, as we watch other people experience the blessing that we want to experience in our own life, we can grow bitter and angry and disgruntled. And yet, the reality is, God, may, God has never promised specific blessings that other people might get to experience. Don't hold as a promise from God something he never Promised. and so many people's faith has wavered because they're holding God to something he never should be held to the Lord visited Sarah as he had said the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised now um, you know here's the statement we said we we're going to hammer God will always do what he says God will always do what he says and, and, and I know, like, if you're like me, like, you're like, I believe that. I do. Like, I have no theological qualms with the idea that my God is a faithful God, that his word can be trusted, that I can believe every single thing he says. Um, it's often the second half of the statement I find a bit more difficult when it's time to do it. God will always do what he says when it's time to do it. Let's get at the timing piece of this. Keep reading in verse 2. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the time of which God had spoken to him. And so if you're an underliner, you have in the first two verses there, as he had said, as he had promised, and down into verse 2, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. The son of the covenant now has the sign of the covenant in his flesh as God had commanded him. Verse 5, Abraham was how old? Abraham was a 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Remember Genesis chapter 18, when the angels have come and they've said, here's what's going to happen. What is Sarah's response there? Laughter, a laughter of unbelief. Three chapters later, what we find is a laughter of faith becoming sight, uh, the fulfillment of this, a baby in her arms. God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Look at the timing reality of the fulfillment of this promise. It was one year prior that the angels visited and said about this time next year, this will come to fruition. And for you and I, if we were waiting on a promise to become reality for a year, that would feel like an unspeakably long time. You with me? One year. What we have to remember is this wasn't just one year of waiting for Abraham and Sarah. When Abraham was first called in Genesis chapter 12, he was a 75-year-old man. And in that initial call, God told him, you will grow to be a nation you're, you're, from you, your descendants will spread and multiply. He didn't even have a son yet. That's at 75 years old. This wasn't just one year of waiting, this is 25 years of waiting. And when when Pastor DJ taught us Genesis chapter 18, I thought he did such a good job of bringing out the nature of that waiting. When we hear 25 years of waiting, we often think of the year-to-year waiting of it. No, this was the pain of a month-to-month waiting for them. Are we pregnant? Are we pregnant? Are we pregnant? Are we pregnant? 25 years times the pain of 12 months a year, 25 times 12 is a big number I can't even do in my head. That kind of waiting. As you think about the waiting on God's timing, my guess, I don't know, I'm just gonna throw this out there. My guess is in Abraham and Sarah's master life plan, newborn at a hundred, wasn't part of it. This wasn't in their three to five strategic family plan. Often the hardest thing isn't believing what God has promised, but trusting Him for when it happens. You with me? You with me? It's the waiting on it. It's the waiting for it. It's the Lord, I know you say, it, but man, we are still left here waiting. Um, And as you think about the timing of God fulfilling what he says he will do. um, God always does it when it is best. But if, if I'm honest, I want God to fulfill his promises now. Now. Lord, how about today? And yet what we see in this And I want you to look back at verse 6. It says, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me, and everyone who hears will laugh over me. What she is saying there is everyone who hears this will know that only God could have made this happen. When I plan a three to five year strategic plan and I want to try to time things out, um, often we can begin to explain what happens in the midst of our own abilities and capabilities. When God does in his timing what only he can do, everyone must look at that and laugh over that and say only God can do that. Only God can bring a newborn to a hundred year old man. And when, when the answer to what God does to fulfill his promise when he does it in a way that can only bring him glory is all of us have to stand back and praise him for what he has done. And so we have to grow much more comfortable in our life with the timing of the promises of God because if you remember all the way back to the beginning of our study of Genesis, we've said something. This is his world, we're living it and we exist for his glory, Amen. And so, Lord, we'll trust that you'll fulfill what you said you will do in the timing that you'll do it in a way that will bring you, put the spotlight all on you, who you are, the character of your faithfulness and the power of your abilities. And so we wait on the Lord to fulfill his promises. Where do you need to trust God's timing for some things you're expecting him to do? And the hardest part of that is, in fact, the waiting. But let me remind us today, God will always do what he says when it's time to do it. And he's the one who gets to dictate when it's time to do it. And so where do you need to take God at his word today? Like if we could put a microphone up front and center today and we all walked past it and we had to say, man, I, I need to trust the promises of God in. Where do you need to go home this week? Get out God's word and begin to, uh, begin to build a Rolodex of his promises for specific circumstances that you are going through today. And where in the reviewing of these promises can you at the end of the day say, yes, he'll do what he says he'll do. And yes, I'll trust him to do it at the perfect time in which he knows when to execute it. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. He'll do what he said. He'll do as he promised. And he'll do it at the time in which he knows best. Amen. Redeemer, stand with me. Let me pray this reality over us. And then after I pray for this, we're going to sing this reality as our prayer as well. And so, Father, we come now. Confessing to you that we are a people um, we're broken people who live in a broken world full of broken promises and at times if we're not careful Lord that can affect the way that we handle the way we interpret the way we truly believe right down at the gut level the promises that you make to us. And so, Lord, we're asking that today would just be a small investment of us doubling down on the fact that what you say you'll do, you in fact will do. Uh, Lord, uh, work in us a greater trust that believes you for the timing of the fulfillment of these things. Help us not waver in the trust of that. Lord, I pray very specifically that for the specific things each and every one of us are going through at this season of our life, we would build the Rolodex of the promises that you give us, that we would review those, that we would allow the reality of those to shape how we're responding in the moment, and that every day when our eyes open, we would turn our eyes to you, our faithful God, who is faithful to the word that he gives. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd work that in our heart. I pray you'd shepherd our hearts through the promises that you've given us. And I pray with full faith we would trust you. And I ask all this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.